Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hope you're having a good Friday. Got the chips ready? Got the dip? How many dips? How many bags of chips do you need? Who's on the who's at the barbecue? What do you have on the barbecue? Who's coming over? You're not inviting him, are you? He always talks way too much and never lets you watch the game. Get your Super Bowl party plan straight today so you don't fail on Sunday. It's Chad and Zay, the Friday before the Super Bowl. I'm Chad Hastings. Joining joining me as always is a man who I'm assuming will be at a Super Bowl party. I'm assuming he won't be talking too much because he wants to watch this game too. It's Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? Yeah, no parties for me. This is work. This is work. This is just part of work for us. We yep. got to watch the game so we can come in on Monday and give y'all game. You dig? <laughs> that is, that's exactly what it's become for me. My whole life, if you define what you think a Super Bowl party is, I think I've been to two. Maybe three, literally. Yeah, I haven't been to any since I was a kid. Everything else is at the house. Like you said, it's working. Um, Certainly since I started working at this job, it's been about doing that. It's leave me alone. Let's watch the game. Got to be focused in. And uh, my number one rule is if one of my teams, Cowboys Bucks, are in the Super Bowl, no one rooting for the other team is allowed in the house. Nobody. My my wife and I have already discussed if the Steelers and Cowboys ever play again in a Super Bowl, we will not be watching it together. I cannot watch with anybody that's rooting for the other team. So when it was Bucks Raiders, I had to check. That's one of the last, that that was a a party. I went over to a friend's house and they had, but I had to make sure everybody was rooting for the Bucks. You know, with Valentine's Day coming up, that's real love right there. Yeah. (laughs) You and your wife. It's actually realistic love. I don't know if it's real, (laughs) it's realistic though. And uh, I think she would be okay being in the house with me, but I am not. I can't do it. There's no way. Uh, But we hope you have your Super Bowl party ready to go, whether you are leaning Eagles or Chiefs or you just want to see a great game. We think we will see that uh, with Mahomes and Hurts. Uh, I've already made my pick. My pick's been out there. I'm taking Eagles, 37-20. Zay's accused me of being petty with that pick because I am trying to go heavy, heavy green with the Eagles feel and, and thoughts and everything. So maybe the Chiefs can counteract it. But a lot of people are picking the Eagles this week. Zay's going to make his pick when we are done today in the Stems and Seeds segment. So be around at about 245, 250. That is when Zay will officially make his Super Bowl pick. So, Zay, you got any plans? You got anything uh, focused in? Give me, a, give me a food. Give me something that you think you're going to have for your Super Bowl watching. Uh, chips and queso is a must. 
Okay. That, that's about it for me because I'll be locked into the game, just watching, trying to see every detail, trying to, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just so locked in on different matchups in this game from the Travis Kelsey matchup for, to the linebackers for the Eagles and, you know, big-time safety Gardner Johnson to the front line for offensive line for the Chiefs against the defensive line and against the Eagles. You know, Patrick Mahomes, you know, he's he doesn't get sacked very often, and that's because he's mobile. So is he going to be able to – to move around like he normally does against a defense that's the best in the league, 70 sacks a game, kind of mirrors what the 85 Bears did when they had around 80-something sacks or whatever their crazy total was mm-hmm. back with Singletary in the fridge. So that's that. those matchups I'm going to be locked into, so I can't be eating like wings and ribs and can't be messy. Know, I, yeah, stuff that I'm really into that <laughs> right. I'll be focusing on food a little too much. The chips and queso right there, I'm good. How about you? Um, I don't know if we have any specifics laid out yet. My wife is uh, my wife will do some of uh, like the barbecue meatballs and stuff in the in the crock okay. pot. A little bit of that like going Super on. Like Super Bowl hors d'oeuvres. There you go. Right, right, right. That's what we try. We try to keep it small, handheld. Yeah, the chips, yeah. Dips, chips and queso I agree with. Have dips and stuff and then uh, and the meatballs. So it's usually a lot of smaller stuff, but like you, not messy. I'm not Maybe doing messy. Not full on wings on Super Bowl because uh, I'm I'm trying to pay attention to everything. So we'll have a good time. We hope you guys are getting ready for all of your Super Bowl stuff. We had NFL awards last night. We'll definitely get to that. Uh, we've got your right call segment coming up at 12:30. That's where Zay breaks down the next Longhorn game and opponent for you. Texas first place, all alone in first place. But if they slip tomorrow, they won't be in first place anymore. It'll be a big old log jam. Uh, Texas and West Virginia, Zay's thoughts on that coming up at 12.30. But we do need to start today with some Longhorn thoughts, and by extension, some Oklahoma thoughts, and some SEC thoughts. Uh, Shout out to Jeff Ketchum of Orange Bloods. We had him on last week. What up, Ketch? We will hope to talk to him at 2 o'clock on Friday as we've been doing. Ketch told us last week when I was freaking out and said, come on, Ketch, have they not figured this out? He said, I think this is an indication it's closer. I think it's an indication it's closer. Somebody's pressuring somebody, and eventually they'll pay. And last night, during Super Bowl week, well done, by the way, SEC and and Big 12 take advantage of this massive football week before some football discussions kind of die down at least a little bit. The announcement comes down that Texas and Oklahoma will be going to the SEC in time for the 2024 football season. Hallelujah! Finally! My goodness! And guess what, Zay? It took the exact thing we've been talking about the whole time. The whole time I've been saying, Texas be Texas, SEC be the SEC, Oklahoma be Oklahoma. Y'all got to stop telling me they don't have money because I don't believe you. You need to pull the sword out and use it. And the sword is made of leather and it's got money in it. Use your wallets. And they finally did. And apparently $100 million was the price tag to Fox for them to feel better. There's also a couple adjustments they're going to make, but ultimately it was about getting out the checkbook. And the stupidest sentence I read last night was, and uh, projections are that Texas and Oklahoma may be able to recoup a portion of that money (laughs) when they join the SEC. Do you think so? 
Do you think? Because I just read a report that says the SEC gave $49.9 million to each school in the last academic year, which is actually down from 54.6 the year before that, and they're estimating each team's going to get over 80 in this new form. So, yeah, I think Texas and Oklahoma can be made whole again. Yeah, and that's we knew those numbers were on the table from jump. That's why we were so frustrated. And that's mm-hmm. why, like you just said, they got the money. We knew they had the money. Just let's accelerate this thing. They finally did. And, yeah, that's, that's very fulfilling, especially, you know, I, with what this season could be, with what you see with this schedule. I ain't trying to have UCF come to DKR. Ain't nobody trying to see that. Ain't nobody trying to see Cincinnati and BYU come down to DKR. We, we're tired of those games. That's been one of the biggest issues for me as a Texas fan, being in the Big 12. After you go to the Cotton Bowl, what's that? What's next? Now you, you're in, yeah. you know, you got the Alabama thing, but... Because you as a Texas fan, ever since 2011, you went from two games that would excite you to one game that excites you. Yeah. And like you said, once you walk out of Dallas and get your corn dog, there's not one road game that usually makes you go, ooh, really? Yeah. That's when, exciting. But when Georgia comes to town, Tennessee, Florida, all those teams, now you you might develop a rivalry, especially with Steve Sarkeesian and his background with Nick Saban. There's something there. Like, there's a lot with it. And, you know, you got Lane Kiffin still. He's still hanging around. Who knows how long because it's Lane Kiffin. He'll leave at any moment. But still, him and Steve Sarkeesian, they also have a, a, a relationship. There's a lot of... You know, thanks to it, we know the Arch Manning going to the SEC just like his uncles playing in the SECs there. I mean, and, you know, Quinn Ewers now has a new cut, and he's locked in. Well, we need to discuss this. We do I need s- to discuss this. I still have not seen the new Quinn Ewers oh, haircut, but boy. You, you sound pretty excited We're about this. We're locked in. We're locked in. All that BS stuff is over with. Now, He's out here looking like a country Zach Wilson. If I, oh, wow, hang on now. I got to check this out. Wait, if I look up Quinn Ewers' new haircut, is that going to pop up yes, for me? Yes, it is. It Quinn is. Quinn Ewers' new hair cut. Yeah, and Longhorn fans, don't get after me. Y'all know damn well y'all would take BYU version of Zach Wilson. I ain't talking about Jet Zach Wilson. I'm talking about BYU version. We give any type of that this season with Quinn, oh, hell yeah, we could. We good. And he's locked in. He understands. He understands. <laughs> the tweet was, in one of the most shocking moves in Texas football history, Quinn Ewers has cut off his mullet. Oh, my God. Now I have to pull up. Hang on. It's a video. I didn't realize this was a video. And if, Oh, there he is. Yes, sir. There he is. Yes, sir. Look at that handsome young man. And, and this kind of just goes with your point, Shad, on you don't like your quarterback to wear the backwards hat. Mm-hmm. Right. Which this ain't I don't, this ain't that deep. Which oh, this ain't that deep with the back of his hat. But still, it's like that. Yeah, it's like that. Like okay, he's becoming a man. He's starting to understand. I need to be a grown ass man. I need to be that for my team. I need to be the leader. All those leaders that we lost last year: Roshan Johnson, Bijan Robinson, Demarion Overshone, etc. They gone. I gotta step in and cutting his hair and looking professional. Mm-hmm. like he does now, that sends a message. I'm with that. Yeah, I just retweeted it. So I like your Zach Wilson. I'm going to throw another name in there. Now, this is an actor that people have be- – I believe that he gets dogged out a little bit now, so I don't mean it on that level. Just uh, the here we look. go. Because I feel like this is a good-looking dude. 
I think he's a very handsome man. He's a good-looking dude. So he's given me a little bit of a uh, Shia LaBeouf vibe. <laughs> I don't want y'all to take that negative. I think Shia LaBeouf's a good-looking dude. He is. When Shia LaBeouf is doing the gruff look, do you know what I mean? When right. He, when he has a little growth on the face. Yeah, and he's, he's always gruff. And he's looking serious. Right. I think that's kind of what he's got going on. And I would even tell Quinn, maybe even experiment with taking off that Taking off the beard, too. Taking off the beard, too? Go babyface. If he goes all the way, Zach Wilson, I think he might have something there. But, I, I mean, whatever it is. You got to keep the scruff a little bit. We're, we're still Texan now. And he is still a college kid. He's still a college kid. Okay. You know, he's he looks- still a Texan. You still got to carry that. I know he's going to keep wearing his boots and his belt buckle like when yours is. Like when yours country. We obviously yeah. in the hunting pictures and stuff. When you is country. I'll take that. I'll take that. This fancy country, though. Yeah, now this is fancy country. Yeah. This is bolo tie country. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, this is like lasagna at the country club. Country. <laughs> fancy is what that is. Uh, so if you want to see that, Zay is at ain't that underscore Zay. I just retweeted it at C Hastings 1049. Remember, the station is at the Horn ATX. If you have not seen Quinn Ewer's new haircut, Zay feels like it's a perfect tie-in with uh, this announcement that the Longhorns are indeed headed to the SEC in 2024. And let's make sure we lay everything out um, appropriately. This isn't just me as a fan, Zay as a fan, and I would hope everybody is a fan of those going to be 16 teams that want this to get started. But Zay, it's about the timing around college football. So now, and I kept saying it this way, do y'all really want to let USC and UCLA get to the Big Ten and play a whole year while you're messing with BYU and UCF? It'll look weird. It'll feel weird. Is that really what you want to do? A double dragging of your feet. So now, the year that that happens is the year that Texas and Oklahoma wear the SEC banner, and it's the year that the playoff goes to 12. That's it, baby. And can we all agree... That when we start that season, with all due respect to any other conference, when you say, well, who are the conferences that are going to be fighting to fill up that 12-team playoff? It's easy. SEC and Big Ten. That's it. That's where everybody will start. Other stuff will happen after that, and they will get their opportunity because all 10 of the conferences are going to be a part of this. So if you're a badass in the ACK, you get a shot. If you're a badass in the, in the MAC, you get a shot. Badass Pac-12, badass ACC, badass whatever the Big 12 is going to be, you'll get your shot. But those are the two big dogs. So the fact that that all happens at the same time, brilliant stuff. So now we get to start planning for that. The other thing we need to mention, they have moved a Texas game. They switched Texas and Michigan. All they did was switch the home sites because Fox wants that game in Ann Arbor in 2024. So first season – They're going to get to take advantage. I don't know if it means it'll be broadcast on Fox or not, but Fox wanted somehow to connect to that game. Because they're still Big Ten Network. So they still they still put on Big Ten games. That's okay. So they have they. That's right. They they still have a relationship at that point. Yeah, because Ohio State 10. Michigan was on Fox. Okay, that was Joel uh, Joel Klatt. So that's at Michigan twenty twenty four, and then back here in Austin twenty twenty seven. Apparently those were flipped. So they'll flip that the other way. Texas may need to adjust some scheduling outside of that, but that is the basics of the story. You can let us know what you think on the Specs text line three three seven three seven seven six. I'm so excited for this. And coming up in the crap bag at 1245, I'm going to get into the weeds and start asking the question again, who's going to play who, who's going to play who every year. 
and we'll talk about the best idea I've seen so far about how that's going to work. But now, Zay, if we don't start hearing stuff from the SEC, I'm really going to get upset. What do you mean? Because all this time I've been waiting for the SEC to speak up, do something, discuss it, talk about what you're, what you're talking about, give me, give me the committee that's going to decide how your scheduling works or whatever. The whole time they could have been saying to me, now, Chad, hang on. We're the Southeastern Conference. We're not going to do anything until they get all that money out of the way. Once they figure that out, then we're going to get your schedule. Don't you worry about it. If that's the truth, then the starter pistol just fired. And you guys need to get this figured out. Respect everybody involved. Respect all your big brands that are in. Respect these two big brands you're about to add. Start talking about it if you haven't, and tell us the ideas you're thinking of. Let us discuss it with you, and let's get there as fast as possible. We got to figure this out. Yeah, somebody's going to be upset no matter what. Like some, you know, it's just this classic conference, the SEC. Just think about all the rivalry. Somebody's not going to be able to play someone that they're normally, you know, used to playing. And it's just, it's going to have to be just kind of a round robin as the years go on. But from softball, to baseball, mm-hmm. basketball, football, swimming. Shout out to our guy David's interning here. Yeah, like everything is going to be competitive. And you mentioned the twelve-team playoff with what the Horns have coming back. Not only this year, but majority of those guys will be back next year. Texas should be right there in the thick of things, especially by playing a very tough schedule. Obviously. And you're right, Chad. It's going to be between the Big Ten and the SEC and everybody else. So, Joey McGuire at Tech, y'all better win out if you want to mm-hmm. make that type of thing. Dave Aranda, you know, all the, all those guys. Sonny Dykes. Yeah. Uh, but, but see, the beauty of it is all those guys will know that if they win their conference, they're in. They're in. They're in. The top six ranked conference champions are getting in. You would assume every year the pe- the power five is going to be the top five, and then they'll be that top-ranked group of five. They're all in automatically, and then they're going to have six others that get in through the committee. And that's kind of what makes, to what Brandon Lang was telling us yesterday, Dion's move genius. Because with UCLA and SC going mm-hmm. to the Big Ten, they're sitting pretty, and they're going to start recruiting like crazy yeah. just from Dion's charisma. That comes and, out of their division. Good point. Remember, that not just the conference, his division. His division, yeah. He's in the South with them. Yeah. And they're about to leave. Yeah. So, Brilliant stuff. Yeah, uh, you're right. Him going over there, if he can lock up the West and keep the Pac-12 for Colorado, then he's going to be set because he ain't got to worry about anybody else in that conference really doing. I mean, yeah, Utah's been doing Utah's the one these last yeah. few years. We yeah. know that Washington's going to be good. We just saw him in the Alamo Bowl, and we know they're definitely going to be good this year. If I had to pick right now, I'd pick Washington to win the Pac-12. Yeah. But Them and Oregon, those yeah. three, yeah, probably. for sure. Yeah. Right, so we'll see, but I'm really excited and about damn time. Yeah, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for all Texas fans listening right now. I'm excited for all my Aggie brothers and sisters that are going to have an expanded uh, SEC to look I, at. I saw some Aggie fans a little salty. 
salty about. So we ain't the only Texas team in the SEC no more. Yeah, I know. There are some Aggies that have that feeling. That, that that's what they soft. That's kind of what they wanted in in 20, 2011. Ooh. What I what I hope is that the memory of those games and when they get to see the game come back and hopefully the two teams will start to play football good football at the same time, which has been impossible so far. But if that happens, I think that's when the energy comes back. Somebody already texted us, is the game coming back UT versus Texas A&M? It's a must. We would certainly hope that it would. If you want a little preview of what we're going to get into in the crap bag, go to hornfm.com. I posted the idea that we threw out there. God, it was months ago. It was like last summer when I first saw this idea. But I do think it's interesting. It lists the three teams that everybody would play every year and then you rotate the other six. Now that's if a huge question gets answered the way we think it could. Greg Sankey has let us know a little bit. I don't want to dog him out too much at the SEC offices. They've let us know a little. They are seriously discussing a nine-team conference schedule. The question is, are they going to follow through or not? SEC and ACC are doing eight games right now to help hide things, disguise things, and schedule garbage. So... Will the SEC finally step up and say, we're going to play nine, we're going to fully rotate those other six, and we're going to stop ultra-protecting things like Bama and Georgia and Texas and OU coming up or whatever. We're going to let this be a little more organic and nine games. God, I hope so, Zay. Yeah, because Vanderbilt might be that one team, Eastern Tech, Carolina State University. They might be those teams that you play – what is it, week 10 that Sonny Dykes put himself in the crapper for when he was talking uh, that mess? Oh, the November pillow? Yeah, November pillow. Oh, it's usually about the 19th. Right, so there's so many yeah. teams in the SEC, not everybody's going to be the cream of the crop. It's not going to be like the same you know, parody that you see over there in the Big 12. It's going to be spread out. So mm-hmm. it's from top to bottom, it's not going to be as stacked as you think. So those bad teams, they're going to get mixed in there for your conference play. The yeah. coaches are going to know about you. It's true. You're going to be scouted, and they're going to be still power five players. But Yeah, but the key thing is that hopefully we don't look at the schedule and go, hey, look, since this year, Bama and Georgia have only played twice. Oh, man. Hey, why is uh... that? Now, I'm not saying that at times they're not going to try to protect – those kind of brands, they'll, and, and if you're Texas and Oklahoma, you hope they'll help you out a little bit and, and protect you at certain times. But I'm hoping that they will go with nine conference games, and then we'll kind of talk about what that could look like. By the way, somebody said they would be dumb to announce it anywhere else besides the conference media days. Oh, I would humbly disagree with you there, Honda guy, because that's way too late. Way too late. You're talking about SEC media days in 24? No, 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 no. What's that, May, June, July? No, you can't do that. You got to have it out way before that. They're going to announce the schedules. Like, when do you normally know your schedules? You normally know it by January of that year. But when does it end? Like, when does the actual, like, is it the last, what? You go in 2024, so you have to wait till the softball season ends or right. baseball. Texas will college. Play, you're right. Texas will play the spring sports in spring of 24, and then you transition summer of 24. So it'll be July 1st. I think it's probably the day because then that's when all the sports are done. So for the 24-25 cycle, that's when it starts. And your first thing will be fall sports at 24. 
So, yeah, you're going to have to know way before SEC media days. But uh, hopefully they will get all that figured out. We'll get into that discussion a little later on. I'll tell you some of the ideas. I'll tell you the idea I've heard that I really like. Obviously, we're talking Super Bowl today, NFL awards last night, Hall of Famers announced, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Up next, though, we'll talk a little basketball. Texas trying to stay in first place against West Virginia. Zay will tell you how he thinks they need to do it. Coming up next on The Horn. What'd she say? Long distance lover? What? All right, so what's it called? Telephone. Telephone. Oh, man. Telephone. Wendy would be disappointed. I know. I know. She would probably think I should get it right away. Oh, there's a couple names in my head. Sheena Easton. Oh, man. Did I get it? You got it. There we go. With the shot clock going down. That was close. That was close. Because, sadly, when I hear this voice, it immediately goes to Sugar Walls. But that's a whole other discussion. You ever heard that Sheena Easton song? I have not. Priceless. Priceless. Oh, man. Sheena Easton. Oh, how attractive was Sheena Easton in the 80s? She looks good. The short hair and all. Fantastic. I... I had a little bit of an Olivia Newton-John vibe for a second, then I'm like, no, no, it's not her. Even though she went transatlantic, I said, no, no, it's not her. It's not her. A little, little, uh, little groovier than that, you right. know, a little, little, little popular than that. Uh, Sheena Easton getting us started today. We did go over a lot of that hip hop uh, list discussion yesterday. Cube's mad. Apparently, Ice Cube is as upset or more than Jeff Howe. <laughs> Jeff Howe so mad. Jeff Howe laid it out for Cube yesterday, and then someone asked Cube about it, and Cube apparently went on a tirade of swearing, and he's not happy. Zay, what was he, 18? Yeah, around there, 18, 17, mm-hmm. something like that. I would agree with Jeff and, and Cube. That's silliness. Yeah, Cube was like, F Billboard. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know none. So- I don't respect they rise. They don't know nothing about hip-hop anyway. Oh, my God. Damn, Cube, hi, hi, bro. Yeah, we had listeners doing the same thing yesterday. They said, no, you can't do that. Billboard doing that list, it doesn't make any sense. They were trying to make analogies to what that would be like. They said, no, you know, I don't trust Billboard to make that list. When BET makes the list, we'll let y'all know. There you go. Exactly. All <laughs> right. Uh, we've talked about Texas and OU. They're headed to the SEC in 2024. If you want to give us some thoughts on it, 337-3776 is the Specs text line coming up at 1245 in the crap bag. Who would Texas play in the SEC every year? What would the rotations be? I saw a great idea months ago. We've put it back out there for you at hornfm.com, and we will talk about that at 1245. We'll get back into NFL stuff at 105, including the awards from last night, including Dak Prescott being named the Walter Payton Man of the Year and some other stuff, Hall of new Hall of Famers out there, and one uh, couple, actually, that are uh, certainly a part of the Cowboys family. We'll get to that right now, though. we got to get to some basketball. Texas in first place in the Big 12. They've got a, an, an early morning affair. Uh, kegs and eggs with West Virginia to 
tomorrow. It is time for the Right Call segment, Zay. Longhorns in what you're calling a must-win game. Hell yeah, it's a must-win. The Right Call segment is brought to you by Syntex Tickets. Go to SyntexTickets.com for your concert, theater, stand-up, and sports tickets. You hear Bucky Gobble all the time. Hey, Shelby, get them to me and get them to me quick. Yeah, Chad, um, this is a must-win, and from my point of view, because you're trying to get to a number one seed. Right now on Joe Lenardi's Bracketology, which he's become so famous for mm. on the Four Letter Network, they got the horns at number two. Mm-hmm. Number one's in front of them, Arizona, looking pretty good. U of H, easy-ass conference. Alabama, looking pretty good. Yeah. And Purdue. So, bad news is Tennessee's also number two. So you're looking at somebody, okay, who could take down Alabama? And, that, you know, they could go down. The SEC, it is pretty tough. Maybe Kentucky could get them. Auburn's not bad either. So that's the team I'm kind of looking for to fall off out of that number one spot. As of now, I think Arizona's going to keep dominating the Pac-12. Purdue, I think, even though they have that loss to Indiana, they're going to keep, you know, doing what they do. Josh Eady, he's going to get player of the year. It's ridiculous. You haven't seen a 7-4 guy dominate like this in college basketball since Ralph Sampson was doing it for Virginia. So that's pretty impressive with him. But, yeah, U of H, since the easy-ass conference and the American, not a power six, they're probably going to be a number one seed. So the Horns, you got to win these next three games. And it starts tomorrow, 11 a.m., against West Virginia, who's been playing well since the Horns played them in Morgantown. They've won four out of the last uh, uh, five. You know, they beat the breaks off Oklahoma, which Oklahoma, they beat that Alabama team that I was just talking about in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. So they beat them bad, They beat too. them bad. Yeah. So I, I know it's, you know, you can't look at those things. Each matchup is different. When the Horns played them in Morgantown, they started off slow, but then came through and you saw their experience really overcome. But we know... Huggy Bear, he's in the Hall of Fame for a reason. He's a really good coach. And I thought Coach Terry really outcoached him their last meeting. Like, they didn't have their top scorer, Eric Stevenson, in probably the last eight minutes of the game. Whether he was in the doghouse or not, he's one of your best players. Okay, he might have to cuss me out for me not to have him in the game. We're not good enough to take my best players out to prove points. Do, so, we, do we know if Bob's bringing him to Austin? He is. Okay. Yeah, he'll bring him to Austin. He'll he get, light get it him up. that early wake-up call? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Okay. Right. Yes, but he could light it up. Average of 14 a game. Game. Uh, Key Johnson, their point guard who hit 20 on Texas. He just had 20 the other night on uh, Iowa State, who they just beat. We know how good Iowa State is. Now, Iowa State at home and Iowa State on the road, two completely different teams. Mm. So it's, uh, you know, Texas, that's a must win too when the Cyclones come into town. But again, these next three games against West Virginia, then Texas Tech on Monday, turn around and play Oklahoma. You got to win those three if you want to get a number one seed, which I think Texas, they have a good chance of getting because you get a number one seed. You know, I know it's going to be a tough bracket no matter what. It's the March Madness tournament. You're going to get tough matchups, but you got to put yourself in the best situation to win. Obviously, a number one seed will do that. Got to get Tyrese Hunter going. He's still just just inconsistent. You know, I I talk about these last four-game stretch. The two games that stand out the most were the losses and Tyrese Hunter being outplayed by Tennessee point guard Zakai Ziegler and Kansas point guard Dewan Harris. If Tyrese Hunter wins his matchup like he did against Marquise Noel and like he did against Adam Flagler of Baylor, then Texas is 
everybody else has been handling their business. It's just been number four. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yes, Arterio Morris could give you more, but he's only getting like five minutes a game at this point. It seems like his minutes are dwindling down to where it's really just an eight-man lineup instead of a nine, which it sucks, but it is what it is. If you're not stepping up, if Coach Terry and this coaching staff, if they don't believe in you at this point, I still think he's capable of doing things, but he'll always just make a little mistake where, you know, especially with those three guards, Hunter, Rice, Carr, it's hard to take those guys out the game. You still need more from Dylan Mitchell. Like I see a lot of guys going at him on Twitter because we look at all the big-time top five freshmen that came into their respective university this year, Keontae George hooping at Baylor. Yeah. We just saw what Grady Dick did to us mm. with the horns. He's Is about he a to be freshman? a freshman. He's a freshman, damn what? it. What? Six eight. Six eight freshman that, that see... plays like that's why he's so high on the draft. Oh, okay. See, I didn't realize the kid was a freshman. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a freshman. Wow. You see uh, uh Brandon Miller at Alabama. He's a freshman. He's their best player. They're a number one seed right now. So mm. people are looking at Dylan Mitchell like, what's going on here? Why aren't you showing us what those three guys I just named are showing us. And I get it, yeah, he's not that type of player, but he's still a big-time athlete that we need more from. I'm not saying go out and get us 20. I'm not saying, you know, go out and be Derek Coleman because you're a lefty. I'm just saying we need those big-time rebounds. you got to defend. You're too athletic not to defend. We need that. And then – Everything should just come along, but I like the way Serge Barry Rice has been playing. Mm-hmm. Timmy Allen, he's got to keep on starting off fast because the horns are better when he does, and the horns got to quit getting into these first-half droughts. Like, the comebacks, they're fun and all. I like that they're showing, you know, going into the locker room, watching the video. I love that. I love Coach Terry's adjustments, but you can't keep getting into these down 18 points TCU, down 12 points Texas Tech, down 14 points uh, the other night against Kansas State. That can't You can't keep that up. Yeah. So that's I hope that's a point of emphasis against Kansas. They did not do well on transition defense. You got to get back. Hopefully they were working on that this week. But, yeah, it starts tomorrow, these next three games. You want that number one seed. You got to handle your business tomorrow. So pardon me for not remembering Trey Mitchell in the last game. That's that Trey Mitchell, right? Yes. That was at Texas. Yes. Did they do a good job on him in Morgantown? They did all right. He still got, you know, a little bit for my liking. Like he was their second lead in score, 12 okay. points. So for tomorrow morning, is there a particular Longhorn you're looking for to try to contain that? Because this is him coming back to Austin trying to show, hey, I'm, you know, I'm playing well in the, at this other spot, and he's trying to come back to Texas and prove something. Okay. Dylan Mitchell. All right. Like, I mean, yes, you could throw Christian Bishop at him and Dylan DeSue. Both of those guys, they got to come to play, obviously. But, yeah, Dylan Mitchell, with his athleticism, as long as you, you know, you got to still be smart. And I think that's where he gets caught. He's still a young guy. He's still a freshman. Right. So I think he just gets caught just doing – you know, little lapses on defense where back in high school he was so athletic he can mess up and then be able to gain ground and like get overcome, cha- it. overcome yeah. that and do right. like get chased. Oh, I got beat back door, chase down block off the glass. Yeah. He I'm do, that athletic. He could do the Dion thing in football or the LeBron thing right. that we've seen him do. Right. Yeah. And then he's realizing sometimes on the college level you can't do that as much. So right. I, I just saw a video of Coach Terry giving him his Mount Vernon ring for winning the you know national championship in high school basketball. He was hype about that. Nice. Maybe that gives him some extra motivation. I don't know, but I'm just looking for – you're going to need these freshmen 
you are. You ju- you just are. I, I you know I would. Yeah. You know, those seven guys, the seven upperclassmen, even Tyrese Hunter, you know, he's still just a sophomore. But those other guys, the Sue and, you know, Christian Bishop, Marcus Carr, he's got to start off a lot faster. I like the 29 game that he had at the end, but those were fool's gold points. All of those guys are so mature and they're so experienced, but they still have their ups and downs at times. Gonna need those freshmen because in the March Madness, you just never know what's gonna happen. And that nine man rotation, that, that sounds better in March Madness than a, you know, an eight mm-hmm. for me. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, Texas trying to get win number 20 tomorrow morning against West Virginia. They'd go nine and three and stay in first place if they get the win tomorrow. 11 a.m. tip, 1030 pregame. That means our Saturday shows will get cut back a little bit. Uh, no high ground or revved up or real life real talk this week. The big ugly guys will go till 1030 and then pregame at 1030. You'll still get uh, the golf show playing through right before the big Big Ugly Show tomorrow morning. All right, so we'll definitely hit some basketball today. Uh, we'll get you the flex segment at 1.30. At 1 o'clock, we'll dig into the NFL, and there's a lot of stuff to get to there. Up next, though, let's go back to this Texas and Oklahoma story headed to the SEC. Who would the Longhorns play every year? Well, I've heard one idea that I really like, and I think it minimizes the games you'd lose that you'd be upset about, and it maximizes keeping all those rivalries. We'll talk about the Longhorns and the Ag and whether they play or not, and all some of these other games that you might be interested in. That is next. If you want to check it out ahead of time, go to hornfm.com. We put the idea up there for you. We'll discuss it next on The Horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Downtown by myself And I had so much time To sit and think about myself And then there she was Like double cherry pie Yeah, there she was Like disco superfly I smell sex and candy <laughs> Oh, who's that lounging? Dude, this is one of the greatest time capsule songs ever. Do you have a year on this? Oh, it I know it's man. got a nine in it. Yeah. I know it's 90-something. My, my guess is like 95 through 97. 97. Okay. Oh, my God. All right. So, se- <laughs> sex and candy. <laughs> I love the lyrics are just so, like, irreverent and post-grunge, you know, post-grunge 90s. That is Marcy Playground. That's right. Yeah. And and no idea of any other song they ever had. Yeah. Couldn't come close. The video was weird. Dude was, like, sticking his head up through the ground singing the song. It was just wonderfully weird. Uh, by this point, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the true grunge movement. It was kind of the derivative of the derivative of the grunge movement. But Marcy Playground 
killed it one summer with this one. This thing was in everybody's head. Yo, this is a, this one this is a joint. Yeah, they did this. Very I'm impressed. Very chill kind of song. Marcy Playground and Sheena Easton. You're not going to hear those two together very often, unless Zay's running the show, which Yo, he is. This is that gloomy ass weather. It couldn't be raining harder outside. Where you're just laying. Yeah. On your bed, just looking at the ceiling music. Oh, mama, this surely is a dream. Yeah, fail. Well, maybe Bam. a chair, like you said. Yeah. Just Bam. looking at the ceiling, oh, sitting in a chair. That's so good. All right, uh, we'll get into some NFL stuff at 105. It is Chad and Zay on this Friday. We hope you're having a good start to your weekend. Hope your plans are coming together for Super Bowl. We had somebody talking about pulled pork sandwiches earlier on the menu. That's not a bad idea at all. We hope you have your full menu ready <laughs> to go. Yo, someone said on the Specs text line, Quinn Ewers looks like Russell Crowe. A young Russell Crowe. Ooh, he'd, like, take, he'd take that. Like Gladiator, Russell? He'd take it. By the way, I, ju- I just watched Bullies for Baltimore last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was good. I told you, man. I was impressed. Good documentary. Yeah, that was great. Uh, and rest in peace to the goose. Yeah. I, I, I can't believe I can't believe that he died as close to that filming as he did, but I am so glad they were able to get oh, him he there. he was incredible. He was so good, and I'd never heard about the animosity with him and Phil Simms, and that whole story is great. you got to go watch Bullies of Baltimore if you love the NFL. And as long as you're not a Steelers fan, I think you can handle it. Everybody else, you should be able to deal with it. Yeah, I get it. If you're if you're black and yellow, I get how you wouldn't want to watch it. But man, that's good stuff. Uh, a lot of great info in there. All right, let's get into the crap bag here, and I'll give you an idea that I like for Texas, Oklahoma, and everybody else in the new SEC. Here we go. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just. Think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. I try to be the kind of person that admits when I'm wrong, but also admit when maybe somebody else did the work, and I can just bring the work to all of you and say, look, here's an idea. I'll just give them credit for it. So I tried months ago to figure out the pod system that everybody had talked about. Well, what if Texas played Oklahoma, A&M, and Arkansas, and then those four teams played each other, and then you keep going? So I tried to flesh that out and I just got stuck a few times and I couldn't figure out how to make it work and then finally a listener says hey Chad I saw this deal on SI I think it does what you want it to do it's a little little more varied than what you're getting into but I think this could work shoots me the idea and we put it for you on hornfm.com go to that story with the SEC helmet on it and it starts by letting you know the three teams Texas and A&M would play every year under this System And I think Longhorn fans would be thrilled, Zay. I'll run it by you. It's Texas playing Oklahoma, A&M, and Arkansas every year. You good with that? I am. Okay. So you'd play those three every year, and then you'd take six of the other – let me do the math, right? So there's three other teams. You're the fourth team. So there's 12 other teams. So you take half of that, take six out of that group, you play them, then they, they'll have to figure out, do you want to play them? Wait, there's 12 teams total or there's 15? There'll be 12 left when you consider, so Texas will play those three every year. but that's And what, then there's 12 left. Then there's 12 left to play, right? So you'll take six Man, of there's them. there's 16 teams in this league? Oh, yeah. There's, wow. Dude, there's 14 now. A&M and Missouri made 14. So you have 12 left, you'll take six, and then you got to figure out, do you just do once a year? Do you play them all once and then switch? Or do you go home and home and then switch? 
They're going to have to figure that part out. And they're going to also, we'll have to take note of who you get one year versus who you get the next year. And that's where they'll probably do little protections for the Texases and the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world uh, to try not to have, you know, Georgia playing Bama, Texas, and Florida every single year. Yeah. Stuff like that. Uh, so that would be the idea for Texas. The idea for AM that's been thrown out for you Aggie fans is Texas, Mississippi State, and LSU. Those three. So what this does is it doesn't create the pods where everybody plays everybody. Everybody gets their three, but it kind of moves around a little bit. As an Aggie, I'd be fine with that as long as the Longhorns are on the schedule. The SEC, they're definitely going to make LSU play Texas as long as Arch Manning's there. That New Orleans connection. Ooh, now that's an interesting thought. That is an interesting thought. LSU and Texas would not be an every year school, every year game, according to this, but you might get it. Because if they just did, you play those other six teams and then you flip to the ne- the other six, then you would have played the entire conference in two years. Think about that. That's, that's a lot. I mean, that's quick. You would have played everybody one time in a two-year span. If you go home and home, you, you know, you're, you're pushing it out a little bit. And you would have played everybody by like a, what would that be? It'd take you three years, I guess, to pull it off go home and home with the one, and then turn around one time with the other group. So it'd take you three years. But that's, that, to me, is a great way to do it. Because then you tell the kids, hey, in recruiting, you know the SEC can recruit anyway, but now you'd be telling them, hey, come here, all those places you love in the SEC, we're going to play every team in three years. And if you stay all four, if you stay four years, if we go home and homes, you stay four years, you'll play at all those places. Right. All of them. You'll have played in Starkville and Oxford and Tuscaloosa and wherever you can think of. Like, that's pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. Uh, so if you want to go take a look at this, go to hornfm.com. I'll give you an idea of some of the big dogs. Bama, Auburn, LSU, Tennessee. That makes all the sense in the world to me. Yeah, absolutely. I think you covered every base there. I think that you need to. Uh, Auburn would play Bama, Georgia. To me, you got to play that one. And Florida. Interesting. LSU would play Arkansas for the boot, Bama, and AM. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Florida. Florida would play Georgia because you got to play the cocktail party. Ole Miss and Auburn. And give me another big one. Georgia. Georgia would play Florida, Auburn, and South Carolina. I think that covers their bases pretty well. Tennessee plays Bama, Vandy, and Kentucky. I think that covers them. So here's they are the four games that I noted would go away that were every year games. LSU would not play Auburn every year. I'll take that. I'm a little disappointed because I love that Tiger Bowl. I do like the game. I love it. Mm -hmm. And they hate each other too. The toughest team to cover in this is LSU. Because you go talk to LSU fans and ask them who their most hated rival is, you might get four different answers. Uh Because they have a a true trophy game with Arkansas. They can't stand Auburn in the Tiger Bowl. They hate Bama and would play them every year. And I'm forgetting somebody. And they love to play Florida every year. And that's a game that would go away. They play them every year now. That's their East you know, crossover game. Right. That would go away. Florida-Tennessee would go away as well. That Ooh. See, that right now is a division game that happens every year. Falls and Gators, do you need to get them together? They may need to think on that one. The other one, I could live without A&M and Arkansas. Yeah, for sure. 
I'm not going to cry. Longhorn fans, you want to play the Hogs every year? Go right ahead. I'm fine not having that one. And also, I would think if you're a Texas fan or an A&M fan, you like the idea of not having to play Bama every year. Let me say that again as someone whose team right now has to play Bama every year. I like the idea of not playing Bama every year, Zay. I love it. So if you're a Longhorn or an Aggie fan, you wouldn't play Bama every year. You wouldn't play Georgia every year. You wouldn't play Florida every year. You wouldn't play Tennessee every year, so on and so forth. The only sort of big dog, historic, even kind of monster any either of you'd have to deal with is LSU, A&M. Yeah, so with Alabama being on the schedule for this year, 2023, it's going to be interesting because if it's a good game like it was this past year, that could weirdly turn into, I wouldn't say a rivalry, but just something that we have to see again. Especially if both teams are good. SEC is going to look at that and be like, hmm, if both teams are good coming into the 2024 season and they both had good years prior and they both had a, it was a really tight, closed game, they're going to schedule that again. Yeah, and that's where I would say, would you be okay? Especially with, if Texas wins, because then it'll be one and one. Sure. These last oh, right. Two years. Be, it'd be even. Would you be okay with every four-year cycle you have a home and home with Bama? Like that feels cool to me. If I was a Texas fan, I, I could, I can live with that. Every four-year cycle, think of every in a four-year cycle, you'd have a home and home with everyone. You have one home and home with everybody. Like, I love the way that feels to me. If I'm a Texas fan and I've been griping for years about Manhattan and Waco and Ames and all that. Good grief. I'm telling you, you get your travel plans together and in a four-year window, you will get to go to, if you want, you can go to Knoxville, you can go to Lexington, you can go to Nashville. The trip we always hear about is awesome. I know it's Vandy, but it's supposedly an awesome trip and they know how to party at Vandy. Yo, Broadway, Nashville? That's yeah. a spot. Want to go T-Town? Fine. You want to go Auburn? You'll do that. You'll go to Athens. And Texas fans, trust me, need to go to Athens because those two, those two places deserve each other. Athens and Austin are so badass in their own ways, they need to see each other. Right. That'll be great. Mississippi State, you want to go hear the Cowbells? Fine. Oxford, the Grove, fine. It'll be done. Every single one of them in a four-year window. Death Valley. Right? Wow. So, again, back to the recruiting. You're a badass recruit. You're planning on being at Texas for four years. You can tell your parents, pick your SEC location. I'm gonna, I'll be there once. Yo, and Barring you injury, know, I'm going to play there one time. And you know the SEC is going to say, hey, Texas, you remember that year y'all were supposed to play LSU in Baton Rouge and it got canceled for COVID? Yeah, we going to put y'all on the list 2024. 24, that could happen. That could happen. Oh no, there'll be years. That's what we're gonna. That's what's gonna be so great about it. You'll have the three teams you play every year, and then it's okay. Who are those other six? How are they structuring it to try to make it as fair as possible? What we will hope is that every team feels like they're playing three, three good or pretty goods, and three you should be able to handle. Yeah, yeah. That's what you'll hope they do from the previous season. We'll just have to see. But I'm so excited for Texas, Oklahoma fans. Uh, there may be some Aggie fans that will have to get used to this idea. Quit being I understand soft. that. Hey, quit being soft. I just, Go pet Reveille. The most important thing, and I did wear the shirt today. I got it underneath. I got my, lo- I got my Lone Star Showdown shirt on today. Uh-huh. So I will take that off. I'm one of the only people that, that still has it. But it is my favorite college football game. I'm so glad it's coming back. 
And if they can lock that in, they can do just about whatever they want on the scheduling. And obviously Texas has to play OU. Those two things. Uh, I think you could make the third team for Texas just about anybody you want. But as long as Longhorn fans can live with it, if you, long as you, long, you can live with a Fayetteville or a Little Rock every other year, that's a nasty, cool rivalry. For the rest of us to watch, y'all against the Hogs, oh my God, from a distance? Yeah, it's fun. Dude. Yeah, bring it back. It was fun. And to get and from every Longhorn fan I've talked to, Zay, it's those three that they it, it perks them up. Like they get excited about it. Oh yeah, we, we keep OU. Yeah, yeah. Aggies are back. Oh yeah. And Arkansas? Oh yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Most Texas fans I'm talking to, they lean in. They want all three of them. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting now with Texas and Oklahoma coming in because we already know for the cocktail party. That's a neutral site, and obviously, mm-hmm. you know the Cotton Bowl is a neutral site. I know your Aggies. Who do they play at a neutral site? Is it LSU? It's Arkansas, right? Wasn't that at Jerry World? Which one? A and M, Arkansas. That's been a Jerry World. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be interesting to see if any of these teams are gonna say, you know what? How about we have this at a neutral site? Or I don't know who will get the edge on that. I don't know if that will even be a thing or in conversation, but. People will be thinking, you know, Texas, they get to do this. Like, why not us? That is an interesting point. And by the way, I did have this. For those of you watching on YouTube or Twitch, this is your shirt right here, Lone Star Showdown. (laughs) Old school Lone Star Showdown logo that they used to put on the field. Um, But I'm glad you brought it up, Zay. Somebody texted us, SEC has a rule that neither team can host recruits at neutral site games. Are they going to change that for Texas OU? I thought they dropped that. It's a great question. I know as as recently as a couple years ago, they had that for – Cocktail because the cocktail party is the biggest one they have that way in the SEC. They don't do many other true neutrals. For some reason, I think they just dropped that this year. Did they? They should. They should get rid of that one and let and do it the way Texas and OU do it every year. The designated home team gets the recruits. They get to host recruits. It's simple. Do it with Florida and Georgia. Do it with like when A and M plays Arkansas. If you're not going home and home and you want to go to Jerry World, let the home team do it. Right. That probably would make sense. So let us know what you think of that. HornFM.com, that full idea is out there for you. It's the best idea I've heard so far. Hopefully the SEC now can start to give us some of their ideas uh, before we get to 2024. Up next, let's talk Super Bowl, NFL Awards, who's going to the Hall of Fame, and all of that. It's coming up on the Horn.